I'm so excited. Kevin Brassler is in the studio. He's the executive editor at Consumers Checkbook. If you've not checked out checkbook.org, you should because there is a whole host of ideas on how to save us money. Basically, that's it. You're looking out for us, right, Kevin? That's what we do. We're, an, we're a nonprofit group. Uh, we are consumer advocates. We are funded by consumers. We are you know, founded by consumers, and we're here to help people uh, save money and, and also avoid wasting money. Uh, and another thing we do is we have ratings of local service providers here in the Chicago area, everything from doctors to dentists to car mechanics to uh, home improvement services, financial services, insurance companies, uh, to help you choose uh, high-quality services, uh, but also those that, that charge low prices. Yeah. Any chance? on getting us Taylor Swift tickets? No, unfortunately, I don't have any uh, ends there. You're just going to have to sit around all day online, apparently, and hope your internet connection doesn't go out while doing so. Or, you know, spend a couple thousand dollars or maybe $5,000, I think, is what they're going for at this point. Um, Let's talk about doctors, because everybody believes that if you wear a white coat, well, you must be the smartest person in the entire world. Yeah, I think I think a lot of patients would be surprised to know that there are huge quality differences, not just among doctors, uh, but also among surgeons and among hospitals. Uh, we often say, you know, hospitals are dangerous places. Uh, every year, we're not sure how many people die from preventable, for preventable medical errors. But it's somewhere in the range of 200,000 to 400,000 people a year die from errors, errors hospitals or doctors or other medical providers make that could have been avoided, where they, they provide the wrong care, do the wrong thing, prescribe the wrong medicine. I mean, that makes it about the third leading cause of death in this country. And yet, really, I don't think a lot is being done about that. Not a lot is being attention is being paid to it. And especially there's not enough attention paid to just these enormous quality differences from doctor to doctor, surgeon to surgeon, hospital to hospital. So you as a patient, you really do have to take charge of your own health care. You have to be your own advocate. If you can't do it, you need someone there with you to do so. And that really starts by choosing a, a really good primary care physician, somebody who can coordinate all your care with specialists, uh, you know, send you to the right specialists and make sure you're getting the right care and not being overtreated also. That is so important, everything you just said, uh, because from facility to facility, even the equipment is different. You know, if you're yeah. not at a facility that is affiliated with a university, often they can't go out and spend $8 million on the newest piece of technology to diagnose. And people just think it's all equal and it's not all equal. Yeah, and it's not always just about money either. I mean, if you right. if you ask doctors and look, there is so much data being collected uh, that can indicate you know which hospitals, which doctors are providing the best care. The data is available; it's being used by large employers, by health insurance plans, by the hospitals and doctors themselves. But it doesn't usually trickle down to the patients. There's hardly any of information at all available to patients to help them decide on which surgeon to use. For example, uh, if you ask people to work in a hospital. Hospital, or which general surgeon is the best and which ones have a lot of problems, they know. My mom was a hospital chaplain for 20 years, and in her hospital there were three general surgeons and two stunk, and everyone there knew it. And one was great. His patients never had problems. They didn't have complications. And when my mom needed a surgeon, which one do you think she picked? Right, right. Well, but normal, the normal course of action is people get admitted to the ER at that hospital, and they just get assigned a surgeon. Right. They don't get to pick, or they don't even know 
And so you, know, you have a unique perspective there. Where the, the, and the hospital system knew which doctors had the problems. It's just not much is done about it. Doctors aren't retrained or forced to retrain, for example. Kevin Brassler is the executive editor at Consumers Checkbook. You can check him out at checkbook.org. And I tell people that all the time. I said, you spend more time trying to pick out a roofer for your yeah. house than you do a doctor because you believe like, oh, well, they must be great. They're a doctor. <laughs> no, there's yeah. varying degrees of greatness. There, and there's more information out there about roofers, right. really. I mean, we, we, checkbook.org, we have ratings of roofers from consumers here in the Chicago area, and and, and you can look at their complaint histories. Uh, you, can inter- you can just talk to roofers and usually know whether or not they seem to be diligent right, and, right. And, and thoughtful, right? And with physicians, it's much more difficult. Uh, I think a lot of patients are put in a situation where they feel like, the do- oh, the doctor's in charge of my care. And really what should be happening is that the patient should be in charge, right? It should be this you know, dialogue between patient and doctor. And they're not, they're not just following doctor's orders, for example. And also you should question who you're being referred to, what you should question whether or not you even need the surgery or not. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these are a lot of things that patients don't feel comfortable doing. And and so you know, hopefully you know, information advice we provide and other nonprofits provide that are really advocating for patients, uh, you know, you, it's up to you to kind of educate yourself about this yeah. and, and how, how to deal with yourself and doctors in these settings. Also, let's talk about medical bills. Yeah. Uh, because that people find themselves just drowning in debt when it comes to medical bills. What are you covering on checkbook.org about that? So we just released an article on this where we, we spoke to a lot of experts uh, about, you know, what to do if you get an unexpected medical bill, uh, you know, if it's just something you know higher than you expected or more than you can afford to pay. And it's interesting, most of the experts we talked to about this said, well, the first step is don't pay the bill. You know, give yourself some time, give the insurance company some time and the provider some time. Uh, to, to you know, make a claim. Like a lot of times, people get bills, but the the paperwork hasn't been processed. It's a slow mm-hmm. grinding process, and so they they're very alarmed at first because they see these big numbers, and what they don't realize is, well, maybe the provider didn't even file the claim. Maybe it was filed incorrectly, and so. Again, it's up to patients often to investigate, to call the provider, to contact the insurance company, find out whether the claim was made at all, and if so, was it made properly? Because what happens a lot of times is insurance companies get these claims, and they're not coded properly or whatever, and Mm -hmm. they just reject them, and so then you get a big bill. Uh, So by waiting... You give the system some time to sort itself out. It, you're, it's, they're not going to damage your credit history after you know thirty days. You can right. wait a little while, uh, but if you find you can't afford to pay it, if it's a legitimate bill, uh, especially if it's a drug, an experimental drug or an uncommon drug that your insurance company isn't covering, this happens a lot where it's ten thousand dollars a dose or something. There still usually are ways uh, to help you afford to pay these things. So uh, drug manufacturers often have co-pay programs where basically they're just going to pick up the tab for whatever the insurance company won't pay. Uh, hospitals and doctors, they usually have programs where, you know, as long as you don't make a ton of money, and we found the cutoff is often like $150,000 in income or less. So it's a, a lot of people qualify for these programs. They'll forgive a lot of this debt. Uh, there's also payment plans where they'll forgive some debt and then you can pay in installments because the providers, they'd rather get some money out of this than none at all. Right. And what often happens is people can't afford to pay their bills. A lot of people can't even afford to pay small medical bills. And so they end up not paying them and then no one's satisfied and they're in trouble because of debt collectors are, are sicked on them. Or another thing is they file bankruptcy. And, and, and medical debt is one of the leading causes of bankruptcy in this country. And so and then that case, so providers know, well, it's better to try to work this out than to, you know, 
not get paid. Right. right. Okay, next time you need to come in and spend more time and answer questions too because <laughs> this is all stuff that everybody is intrigued by. That is Kevin Brassler, Executive Editor at Consumers Checkbook. And they can just go to checkbook.org and find out yep, more, right? That's where we are. Good to see you again. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for popping in the studio. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Chicago's very own WGN.